0: Hi, welcome to The Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at The Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Well, praise God. So good to see everyone here. Um, For the last 50-odd days, we've been ministering on the gifts of the the person and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit and all of these things. And I'm trusting that something has begun to change inside of you. Amen. And um, I'm believing for a growing church. And I say that in general over the church in the UK, a growing church. Amen. And I wanted to, I was challenged by something this week and I want to put it out there. And there might be some things that challenge you this morning. And for some of you, you might be in a place where you think, whoa, this is not what I'm used to. <laughs> but I'm going to challenge you anyway. You know, this week, I, f- I, I, I read that the enemy of, gro- of a growing church is not the attitude of people that decide to leave church. It's the attitude of the people that decide to remain behind but stay unchanged. That is the thing that we all have to come to terms with, is that the Holy Spirit is a change agent, and I've, God knows how many times I've frustrated the Holy Spirit when he said, come on, David, change, it's time for change, and I'm like, oh, I've resisted change for so long, but we have to know that, that that, you, whatever your theology might be, maybe your positional theology is, well, I was filled with the Spirit once, and that's it, done, everything's good but what about the church at Laodicea? What about that church who thought, we are doing doing quite all right, thank you very much. We are doing fine. And they were called lukewarm. Amen? So the church will grow, you will grow, I will grow, and we'll move forward when we turn to God, sincerely turn to God. (laughs) And uh, we came here this morning, I'm saying, Father God, I don't know how the service is going to go this morning, but Your Spirit is going to take it somewhere. Yes. And yesterday I was praying and and I thought, Lord, I want to be as ready as I can be. You never feel ready enough, do you? But something struck me and said, David, temporal pleasures are just for for the for the new don't, the now. Don't don't. Turn your mind to things of of eternal value. And sometimes things that are temporal and that are pleasurable, they're not bad. They're things that we like, pastimes, whatever, things that we enjoy pursuing. But I just felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me maybe less of that and more of keep your eyes on eternity. And remember that the, only, that the only way you're going to get there is with the Holy Spirit working in your life. So I probably have too much to share this morning, so I might just have to can go off the record and do whatever. But we've been ministering on the Holy Spirit. We're going to keep on doing that. Next week, we're going to have a great message on self-control. So someone is going to minister to you next week on self-control. It's going to be good. Amen. But our hope is that up until now, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then there's going to be a time for that. Amen? Now, it might not be today. Amen? But I believe that there's something happening inside you and that there's been a desire growing Now, today may be the day when you say yes to either of those. Yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Today may be the day where you say, I want the fullness of the Spirit. Last week, we were singing that song, Shekinah, Glory, Come Down. Receive the fullness of of your Spirit. Today might be that day. Amen. And you might have experienced this, your faith rising up in you over the last number of weeks. I hope it has been but maybe it's been years something's been going on inside of you. Amen. But you've never taken that step to publicly confess your faith in Jesus Christ in front of people. And what does Jesus say? He says, if you will confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father. Now, salvation can happen anywhere, and the the infilling of the Holy Spirit can happen anywhere. And today might not be the time for that baptism in the Holy Spirit, but it definitely is the time for salvation. Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says there, in an acceptable time, I've heard you. In the day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Family and friends, we don't know what's going to, I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen to me next week the most valuable thing you can have in your life is salvation, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, I was of the opinion when I was uh, a young hotshot that I was going to live forever and I'll make, I'll make that decision one day. And I, and I broke my parents' hearts many times. They probably, I wish you would hurry up and get serious. But now is the day. Today is the day of salvation. And whenever you have a deep, encounter, uh, an encounter with the Lord, it's going to do a deep work in you. And maybe that work's been happening over the weeks. Maybe you've had a, a really profound conviction of maybe it's just sin in your life or something that's not right, something you need to put right. Maybe you've been harboring resentment or unforgiveness to somebody. You see, the biggest killer of families is unforgiveness and resentment. Amen. Maybe that's maybe that's happening. The lights will go back on. Don't be don't be afraid. Amen. So sometimes the first opportunity or invitation may not be the right time, as there are still things that you might need to deal with in your life. I want to back. We try and back everything up with scripture in this church. Otherwise, you can say that guy was lying. That guy was telling was telling untruths. So we would do our utmost. Sometimes we have opinions or personal beliefs, but we do everything we back up with Scripture. And when John the Baptist and when Jesus were calling people to a new life, what did they? What was always the first thing they said? The word begins with yes. Repent, 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 and be baptized. Repent. So this is always the first work that happens in us, is there, there's repentance. And even as Christians, what do we have to repent of? Dead works. Yeah. Things that we thought, you know what, this is the pathway to heaven, but it's not. An open and honest and a real and a sincere relationship with Jesus Christ is, is the way to, into eternity. Amen. And you might have arrived at that place now where you're ready to lay things down we all get to that place eventually. And you've moved from doubt into faith. And that faith is now working in you an expectation that when you open up, whether it's today or into the future when we minister each week, when you open up and ask for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you're going to be ready to receive it. Because it's not something you try. I'm going to try it out. You don't, you, you, you have to desire it. You have to want it. It has to be that heart's desire. Amen. I want to ask you, is it God's will that we be baptized in the Spirit? Yes, I believe so. Absolutely. Amen. We can't get anywhere on our mission without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And even Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't work miracles because he was the son of God, because he was deity. He worked miracles because he relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. And so for us, we need it. This, we, we this is no, an, a, we all know that we are a church and a charity. And in the eyes of the world, it's we are that, some people used to say that we church on the corner. <laughs> you know, but this is a spiritual organism. This church is a spiritual organism fighting spiritual battles. And only spiritual power can make it function the way that God intended for it to function. Amen. We're a spiritual organism. And all of us fit in together. So, Marlene might be the. No, I'll, I'll go the foot. Marlene might be the head and I might be the the tail or the foot or whatever, but we all need one another to work. And that's why we've been talking on the fruits of the Spirit, because it can be hard to get on with folk and, and to reach the lost, but we need the fruits of the Spirit evident in our life. When you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life, there's, a, there's an alignment with the Holy Spirit that produces the fruits of the Spirit in you. It's not like you have to work really hard to get them. You just have to submit to the Holy Spirit and, they, and they'll come. Not easy all the time. Amen? But there's numerous places, and I'm going to whiz over scriptures this morning that tell us that the filling of the Holy Spirit is something that is real and God wants to happen. Amen? In Luke chapter 1, Elizabeth, she goes to, uh, sorry, Mary visits Elizabeth. What happens? The babe leaps in her womb, and the word says she is filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 67. John the Baptist's dad, Zacharias, he was filled with the Spirit, and then immediately one of the the gifts of the Spirit came out of his mouth, prophecy. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2, 25, the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. Simeon says, I'm not going to die until I see the Christ. Amen. So all of this, John 3, you can read about Nicodemus. Amen. And John 16 is a very well-known passage as well that Jesus is telling his disciples that the Holy Spirit is going to be the one that empowers them and glorifies him. So I'm, I'm totally sold on the idea Well, not the idea, the principle of baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to read, if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, or it might, it'll be up on the back screen. Go to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew 3, verse 11. It says, As for me, I baptize you with water because of your repentance. I'm reading from the Amplified. That is because you're willing to change your inner self, your old way of thinking regret your sin, and live a changed life. But he, the Messiah, who is coming after me is mightier, more powerful, and more noble than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to remove. He will baptize you who truly repent with the Holy Spirit. He will baptize you who truly repent with the Holy Spirit and you who remain unrepentant with fire or judgment. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear out his threshing floor and gather his wheat or his believers into his barn, his kingdom. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Amen. So that is uh, John the Baptist speaking there. And I've got to say, if there is a first baptism, and we know our salvation doesn't hinge on being baptized in water because the most important thing is your salvation— but if, there's, if we accept a first baptism, we surely must accept that there's a second. Amen? A bap- baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen? This is an area, and I know there's we have visitors joining us today, and, but there's all sorts of different ideas concerning this. You know, most denominations are agreed on the fact that when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, His Spirit comes to live in you. Amen? Amen? So, when you're born again, or some people say converted, so there's not usually any disagreement about that. But some people, some denominations, maybe may not believe in a further baptism in the Holy Spirit at a later date. Um, I grew up and was raised Pentecostal. (laughs) So, Pentecostals, if you know about them, they totally believe it. They totally believe in the baptism and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And they believe that it's an experience that can happen close to salvation, but it can also happen later on. And it's a different experience. It's a separate experience. Charismatics, and, and there's some here that have, have come, you know, there was a the charismatic revival where the Anglicans and the Catholics and the, God was working, the Holy Spirit was working and we, the charismatic movement came out of that, they believe that the fullness of the Spirit is an outflow of being born again. So there's, there's an overflowing of the Spirit once you get born again. Amen? So there's all these different views. All I know is that the Holy Spirit wants, to, wants His fullness to be in you. That's all I know. He wants His, no matter what the debates are or the Even it can get quite argumentative sometimes. All I know is you must be born again. Be baptized and be baptized. If you can be water baptized, great. Baptized in the Holy Spirit, absolutely. Amen. And um, because of the, I mentioned this last week, people, um, I don't know about the Holy Spirit because I've heard people speaking in tongues before. And sure, there's different people that have different um, uh, opinions on speaking in tongues, we believe that it is one evidence of being filled in the Holy Spirit. And you can go to Scripture, and we will teach on that, that, they, that there are tongues that, pe- that people have spoken that are native tongues to a land or a country. Without the- We know a lady who spoke in Portuguese, uh, and she didn't know she was speaking Portuguese, a total spirit thing. And then there, we, we can speak in an unknown tongue where we minister between ourselves and, and the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is involved in that. Um, I would just say that the Holy Spirit is not a spirit of chaos. He's a spirit of order. And I don't want anyone to feel jumpy here this morning. Be at peace. Be at peace. We're not, no one's going to be embarrassed. And, and it's only as the Spirit wills. Is anything going to happen here this morning? Amen. Who's doing the baptizing? You know, I I, I I didn't set this meeting up this morning, this service, thinking that we were going to have baptism in the Holy Spirit, but if it happens, it will. But if it does, it's not me. I don't baptize anyone in the Holy Spirit. I may impart, amen, impart by laying on of hands the impartation of the Spirit, but I don't. Jesus does. Amen? And you can read, read about that in one, in 1 John where it says, where, can you imagine, this is an awesome scripture. John sees Jesus coming and says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here's Jesus coming, you know. And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remaining upon him, Jesus. I did not know him But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So I've got it clear in my mind who's baptizing and it's not me, amen? Can I see by raising your hands and you don't have to, who wants God to be pleased with them? I do. I really do. I want God to be pleased with me. Um, I've probably disappointed him more than I've pleased him, to be fair. Um, But I want him to be pleased with me. Is God going to be pleased when you're filled with the Spirit? Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. After Jesus was baptized, he came up immediately out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened. And John saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting upon him. And what did a voice from heaven say, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased and delighted. To receive the, the fullness of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit pleases God. Amen. When does baptism take place? And when is the right time? Is anyone here ever, have you been, has anyone struggled with the timing of this? When? When is it going to happen? I do want it, but I don't know when. What's the timing? We all know Acts chapter two, verse one to four. It says, "When the day of Pentecost arrived." So it's when the Spirit arri- It's when the Spirit chooses. They were, but there's some things. Some things happened there that that um, advantaged that moment. They were all in one accord. They were all in unity in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. So when does the the baptism take place? Well, it, it takes place when the conditions are right and we do that we do what we can we set our hearts right we build up faith and expectancy amen so there is a timing for it jesus told the um the disciples he said that in in john chapter 14 the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor knows him Knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. So Jesus says to the disciples there, You've got the Spirit, you, you've, you've, you've got the Spirit dwelling with you, but he is yet to be in you. So they had the Spirit with them, but the infilling of the Spirit had still to happen. And I didn't see that for years. So you have the Holy Spirit when you give your life to Jesus, but the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes later. Amen? Praise the Lord. We need this to go on with our mission. Praise the Lord. Um, I want to go over just a few things before we make an invitation to people to pray for them. Um, but there's, there's a few things we have to do before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's, one of them is, you, you, you must be born again to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So that's why I'm giving uh, two invitations here today. One for you to give your life to Jesus and one to be baptized in the Spirit. Amen? You must be born again first. A lot of people um, don't even know that the Holy Spirit is a thing or that it exists. In some, some places, even the early disciples, they, 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 I think it was in, in um, Ephesus, when, they, when the apostles traveled there, they, they says, have you been born again and filled with the Spirit? And they, and they said to him, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. They, had not, they had, didn't yet have the re- revelation that there was a Holy Spirit but the first and most important thing is that you're born again. Amen? Praise God. In Acts 19, they, he said, the apostle said to them, into what were you baptized? And they says, we were baptized with John's baptism. So they were confusing the different types of baptisms. We're not talking about water baptism. We're talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Is it possible to receive the Holy Spirit at the very same moment a person gets saved? Yes, it is actually possible to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same moment as someone is saved. And that happened with Peter. He was invited to preach the gospel in Caesarea to Cornelius, and Cornelius and his family were all devout religious people, but they'd never heard the gospel, and, they'd, and, they'd, and, and they didn't know about Jesus. But Peter goes to their house to preach the gospel, and it says there that while Peter was still saying these things in Acts 10.44, the Holy Spirit fell on who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed. Because the Jews thought that, the, that everything was only for them. And then all of a sudden, Jesus turned the world upside down and says, no, 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 this power is not just for you. It's for the Gentiles too. It's for those, that are, it's for those from far off places. Amen. And so they were amazed because while Peter was preaching, While Peter was speaking to them, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And that could happen in this place today. You could just be sitting right where you are and you'll feel that. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit because they began to speak in tongues and praise God. Amen. So salvation and Holy Spirit baptism happened at the same time. Amen. And I think the reason why it happened was because as Peter was speaking, faith began to rise up in them. Faith, more and more faith began to rise up in them. Amen? So whenever there's faith and there's an expectation, all it needs is, a, is like a trigger, just an opening for, for the floodgates to open and things to begin to happen. Amen? Amen? So we learn from from Scripture that you must first be born again. Amen? But don't be um, anxious about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It may not be for now. It may be for in the future. As I said, there are things that the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you about. So you will know. Amen? You will know. The other thing we need to do to receive the Holy Spirit is really build your faith up and believe. Amen? Because we can be born again but still struggle with unbelief and with doubt. Yeah? So it's good to build your faith up because faith receives what God's promised and God promised the Holy Spirit to, to us. He says, Jesus says, when I go to be at the right hand of the Father, I'm going to send my spirit. So the Holy Spirit is here on earth comforting us, helping us, guiding us, thank God. Amen. And and directing our, 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 our paths. So praise God for that. So you need faith. And I'm going to maybe just skim a couple of scriptures here that will build your faith. In John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39, Jesus says, whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Amen. So he says, when you receive the Spirit, he's talking about rivers of living water. That's a wonderful feeling to have that liberty and that, those, those, those rivers of living water. Sometimes, sometimes we feel like a dead sea nothing, there's a bit flowing in, but not much flowing out. And, and the Holy Spirit just releases that, and he causes you to have rivers of living water. Amen. And it's a promise to us. Amen. And I love this one, that God, one of God's promises, and it came through the prophet Joel, who said that, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, on your sons and your daughters. And what is, I forget the rest of the scripture, but it says your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and, and, and your, sons, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. I might be mixing that up with another scripture, but this has all been prophesied, that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Are you all flesh in this place today? Well, you're, you're all living bodies, people, you're here. Amen and it just took that mo- movement from of from Jesus to go from earth to heaven and then it was this there you go holy spirit on you go go down there and help my people amen praise the lord praise the lord Jesus says, uh, sorry, Paul says in Acts, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All we need to do is ask and receive. Amen. And you know, the amazing thing is, and and Caden and Taylor are here this morning, I'm sure that they've got no problem going to their parents and asking for stuff because they know that their parents love them. And so many times as Christians, all we need to remember is that all we need to do is ask. Because God is a loving Father, and if we go to Him and we, we say, Lord, you know, my, you know why I'm here anyway. You know, you knew why, on, I was on my way here. You already knew why I was coming here, but I'm here to ask you, Father God, I'm asking you for the fullness of the Spirit in my life. I'm asking you to fill me with your Holy Spirit, Amen. Luke 11.13 says that if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? No one is excluded here. It may or may not be the time for you, but it is the time if you're sitting in this place and you haven't received Jesus. I've got two more points to make. You could be at home today and the Holy Spirit will fall on you wherever you are, and you, could just, and you can ask and receive wherever you are, but it is scriptural also to lay hands on people and to pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, amen? There, there is a way to do that, and I thought this morning, I thought churches all over the world, how are they navigating today with all of this social distancing? And all of that kind of stuff, I says, Lord, you need to help me. How am I going to do this this morning? How are we going to make it work? I still don't know, but we'll make it work. (laughs) You know, we have to be honest with one another. But the Holy Spirit is ready. And all he needs is people who are ready. That's all, all that he needs. So you can receive through the laying on of hands. And that happens many times in the Bible. In Acts chapter 8, verse 17, it's talking about the disciples. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, verse 6, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And here's a great one. Acts chapter 9, verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house where Saul was. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came, the Damascus road, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Ananias laid his hands on Saul, who then became Paul. And Paul went and traveled everywhere. Man, shipwrecked, stoned, whipped, beaten. Man, you've got to have the Holy Spirit if you're going to go on a mission for Jesus. And Ananias says, receive the Holy Spirit, and he was filled. Amen? So, it doesn't always have to be by the laying on of hands, but it can be. Amen? The early church were in an upper room, and the Holy Spirit fell on them. They were just there, in one accord, in unity. They were all the ones that were to go out and lay hands on them, but it first had to come, they had to be endowed with the Holy Spirit and it happened just the way it did without anyone laying or imparting. But they were Jesus' chosen men. Amen? So, what's going to happen when this baptism takes place? And I'm sure that most of us are interested to know. (laughs) what's going to happen? Here's what I want to say this morning. You must respond to what your heart is telling you to do. This is the beginning of your life being led of the Spirit. So when hands are laid on you for the impartation of the Holy Spirit, you're going to feel, you may feel your heart moving you to do something. It's the very first step in your, in your leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit's been in you and has been taking care of you in, comfort, in ways that you don't even know. But this is a moment where you are saying, Holy Spirit, I receive you and I need you for the rest of my life to guide, guard, and govern my life. Amen? So respond to what he wants to do. You may feel a desire to raise your hands and praise the Lord. Or make a declaration. You may begin to prophesy about the greatness of God. You may feel to start praying in tongues as the early church did. But whatever the Holy Spirit prompts you to do, respond to it. And if you feel that we always say, and Pastor Bernie's very fond of saying this, he said it to me for years, David, there's spirit and there's flesh. Make sure you just operate in the Spirit. Whenever it becomes something that we are trying to manufacture, things go wrong. But if it's the Holy Spirit, things will be right. Amen? So that's what's going to happen. That's all that happens. You just have to have a response. And sometimes that response may just be a very deep, the the Spirit is working in you. But I encourage you to respond as the spirit leads amen. Amen. And for those if you if you do hear someone praying or speaking in tongues this morning it's that heavenly language has various purposes to edify the believer to communicate from heart to heart spirit to spirit sometimes it's to edify the church and a tongue is spoken and then an interpretation of a tongue comes later. There's many different things going on there. But I don't want you to be alarmed by it because it's a beautiful heavenly language. And I, I like nothing more than to look forward to Pastor Tom coming to lead us in worship. He often leads worship singing in tongues. And it's beautiful. Amen. So what do you do now that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? This is for afterwards, but I'm not staying here until after. So we're telling you now. Just respond to the Holy Spirit. Whenever, if you're up the main street, in the coal, at the Morrisons, wherever you are, respond to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Learn more about the Holy Spirit. Learn more. Go to your word and start start to learn more about the Spirit. Of God. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge church.com, and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.